0: Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the dad son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of manly tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge, where you can download your free dad son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. This episode is part of season three of Manly Tales, where we're talking about the life of King David. Today's episode tells the story of David and Bathsheba. Let's listen together.
1: When that time of year came around again, the anniversary of the Ammonite aggression, David dispatched Joab and his fighting men of Israel in full force to destroy the Ammonites for good. They laid siege to Rabbah, but David stayed in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. One late afternoon, David got up from taking his nap and was strolling on the roof of the palace. From his vantage point on the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was stunningly beautiful. David sent to ask about her and was told, Isn't this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent his agents to get her. After she arrived, he went to bed with her. This occurred during the time of purification following her period. When she returned home before long, she realized she was pregnant. Later, she sent word to David, I'm pregnant. David then got in touch with Joab. Send Uriah the Hittite to me. Joab sent him. When he arrived, David asked him for news from the front, how things were going with Joab and the troops and with the fighting. Then he said to Uriah, Go home, have a refreshing bath and a good night's rest. After Uriah left the palace, an informant of the king was sent after him. But Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance along with the king's servants. David was told that Uriah had not gone home, and he asked Uriah, Didn't you just come off a hard trip? So why didn't you go home? Uriah replied to David, The chest is out there with the fighting men of Israel and Judah. Intense. My master Joab and his servants are roughing it out in the field, so... How can I go home and eat and drink and enjoy my wife? On your life, I'll not do it. All right, David said, have it your way. Stay for the day and I'll send you back tomorrow. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem the rest of the day. The next day, David invited him to eat and drink with him. And David got him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah again went out and slept with his master's servants. And he didn't go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In the letter, he wrote, Put Uriah in the front lines where the fighting is the fiercest. Then pull back and leave him exposed so that he's sure to be killed. So Joab, holding the city under siege, put Uriah in place where he knew there was fierce enemy fighters. When the city's defenders came out to fight Joab, some of David's soldiers were killed including Uriah the Hittite. Joab sent David a full report on the battle. He instructed the messenger, after you've given to the king a detailed report of the battle, if he flares in anger, say, and by the way, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. Joab's messenger arrived in Jerusalem and gave the king a full report. He said, the enemy was too much for us. They advanced on us in the open field and we pushed them back to the city gate. But when the arrows came hot and heavy on us from the city wall and 18 of the king's soldiers died, When the messenger completed his report of the battle, David got angry at Joab. He vented it on the messenger. Why did you get so close to the city? Didn't you know you'd be attacked from the wall? Didn't you remember how Abimelech son of Jerob-Besheth got killed? Wasn't it a woman who dropped a millstone on him from the wall and crushed him at Thebes? Why did you get so close to the wall? By the way, said Joab's messenger, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. Then David told the messenger, Oh, I see. Tell Joab, don't trouble yourself over this. War kills, sometimes one, sometimes another. You never know who's next. Redouble your assault on the city and destroy it, encouraged Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she grieved for her husband. When the time of mourning was over, David sent someone to bring her to his house. She became his wife and bore him a son.
0: Well, we are here in the place of the stories about the life of King David, and we have definitely turned a corner in terms of things seemed like they had been going really, really well for David, and now here in this story, it becomes really clear that not so much, right? David makes some really bad choices in this story, and I think it's honestly kind of surprising just to sort of see that That this was, you know, what was going on in his life. So why don't you guys tell me, like, what stood out to you in the story?
2: I mean that, like, David literally cheated on one of his soldiers and, like, don't think that's very David-like.
0: Yeah, it seemed really not consistent with his character, didn't it? It was kind of surprising.
2: Bro literally stole his wife.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad. Eli, what about you? What stood out to you in the story?
3: Um, I mean, just the fact that, like, the extent that this great leader was willing to go to just for this woman yeah I know it, it was
0: kind of kind of a lot going on there and you know I think we've had some hints of this in the previous stories about David right we've talked about like he had multiple wives and he had a whole lot of kids by a lot of different women and you know there have been some like indications that David seemed to really like and enjoy the women, but we didn't have any, you know, necessarily hints that like he was going to do some really, really sinful and awful things to be able to get it. Um, But here, it's definitely happening. He succumbs to some temptation and makes some really, really bad choices. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about that then in terms of our marks of manhood. So here on the Manly Tales podcast, we like to talk about our five marks of manhood which we believe are the things that all men should display as part of what it means to be a man. And those five marks of manhood are strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. So I'd love to hear from you guys, like, what did you see or maybe even not see in terms of the marks of manhood in this story?
2: So I didn't see um, kind of honor, like, I didn't really see honor because, well, David just, like— cheated on like one of his like best soldiers wife and just like killed him pretty much sent him to his doom and I don't really feel like that's like David like I said that earlier
0: yeah, I I agree. We've seen over and over again that David has been really loyal and honoring to his men and kind of always having their best interests at heart. And, you know, here he seems to do the exact opposite that, you know, he just goes after what he wants and ends up doing really wrong stuff to Uriah, you know, in light of his mistakes. And so I agree, Colton, there's a real lack of honor on David's part after having really displayed a lot. Eli, what about you? What did you see or not see in terms of marks
3: of manhood? Um, well, just, I definitely didn't see, like, allegiance in all of this. It never mentioned David, like, bringing this to God or, like, apologizing or talking to him really at all. And so, like, just, you know, the fact that he didn't, like, ask for God's help or forgiveness and just say like, hey, I know I've done some terrible things and I just need your wisdom to help me get out of this. He never did that. And so I definitely didn't see some allegiance in this.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, you know, we've said all along that David has been great at following God, and here in this story, we really see that he was not. Like, he made horrible choices when it came to what God would want and how He would want David to treat other people. But he got himself into a really bad situation and tried to get himself out of it. But you know, made some really bad choices uh, on his way to doing that. Okay, but let's talk about like maybe on the positive side. Like, what did you see in Uriah? Did you see any like positive marks of manhood in? him Eli
3: what about you um I mean I like the fact that he even though like David told him multiple times hey you need to go back to your house so that like David could cover up the fact that you know he cheated on her or him um that like He didn't go back to his house with Bathsheba and that like he stayed, you know, on those little tents and the mats with the slaves outside of the or the servants outside of the um castle to be able to focus on the battle and not his wife.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that goes back to, we talked about it in a, in a previous story with David, that this was kind of David's command and tradition for his soldiers, that they weren't to be with their wives in the midst of you know a battle or when they were kind of fleeing from Saul. And so Uriah was really like respecting that tradition. Like he was showing great allegiance and honor to David and David really did the opposite of that. So I agree. Like I, I think that um, we see some incredible marks of manhood in Uriah, probably really some examples of how Uriah was actually following David Leadership. Like he learned those things from David. And yet here we see David really uh, turning the corner in some bad ways to making that happen. So, okay. I would love to ask you guys, like, what can you learn from David in this story? Like, obviously, these are not things that we, you know, normally we kind of say, like, hey, what about the character in our story? Can you, like, act like him today? Um, I don't want you guys to act like David today (laughs) from this story, but what can you learn from him? Like, what can you kind of put into place and say, hmm, maybe if I did it differently, I wouldn't make some of these same mistakes. Don't cheat on your friend. Okay, well, definitely that. But, like, uh, how do you not get to that place to begin with?
2: Don't think of your friends like girlfriend's last wife in that kind of, in like, a romantic way.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Like, don't put yourself in a place where you know you're going to be tempted, right? We heard at the beginning of the story that David didn't go out to war with his soldiers, and instead he stayed home, which was kind of like sort of him being lazy. And at the same time, like he went out onto the rooftop in the middle of the night and there was Bathsheba, you know, and David was just kind of like, he didn't have any business being up there, like peeking out at what women are bathing on the rooftops, you know, like mind your own business, dude. So yeah, I agree. Like don't put yourself in a place where you could be tempted and then you're not likely to make some of those same mistakes. Uh, Eli, what about you? Anything like that you learned that you think like, oh, if I, if I could do this a little bit better, maybe I won't make some of those same mistakes.
3: Um I think like kind of what I said earlier with like just asking God for help like David made so many mistakes in this story and like where we've talked about him before he is always asking God for help and really makes some good decisions for his people and like just for his kingdom and now that he's not asking God for help and for guidance he's making some really bad choices so I think just like Me personally, like looking back and saying like, hey, I could ask God for guidance in this and just saying like, hey, I don't really know what to do or I know that I'm making a wrong decision and I need you to help me through it.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think I think what you're calling out there even is the mark of manhood of courage that in the midst of even in times when we do something wrong, it's good to have the courage to go to God and to others and to own up to it, to just say, hey, I, I made a mistake here and I need to figure out how to make it right. And I know it's going to be hard, but I need to I need to do what's right by others and by God. And David has normally been pretty good at that. And he didn't do that this time and just made things, you know, things went from bad to worse because he lacked the courage and the humility to own up to what he had done so i agree i think that's great okay we like to finish every episode of manly tales by giving you guys the dads and sons a couple questions to be able to discuss with each other so that you can keep the episode going once it's done so today our question for the dads is how do you deal with the temptation
3: to hide when you've done something wrong and our question for the sons is how can you own up to your mistakes today
0: Okay, that's it for today's episode of Mainly Tales. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to talking to you next time. We'll
3: see ya. Bye-bye.
2: See you guys next episode on Manly Tales.
0: Manly Tales stories are adapted and performed by Josh Burns. For more information about the show, visit mainlytales.com. Hey dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge. 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.